You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Welcome to our Science of Reading in Action podcast series. I'm here with my colleague, Sarah Von Heel, Literacy Marketing Manager at Savas Learning and a former classroom teacher at Seminole County Public Schools in Florida. Sarah, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited for our special guest today, literacy author and expert, Dr. Young-Suk Kim. Dr. Kim gave a wonderful presentation at our recent Science of Reading Summit to a captivated audience of master teacher fellows from across the country, and everyone left really inspired. Can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Kim? Yeah, definitely. It was such a treat to really have her present at our Science of Reading Summit. She is a professor and senior associate dean in the School of Education at the University of California, Irvine. Her research really delves into how reading and writing are interconnected skills and how students really need to master both to achieve literacy success. Fortunately, we got to interview Dr. Kim after her presentation, and she really dove into what research reveals about students' writing development and the practical ways that educators can actually apply that research in today's elementary classrooms. Great. All right, let's listen into that interview. Hi, my name is Young Soo Kim. I'm a professor at the School of Education at the University of California, Irvine. I study children's reading development, writing development, oral language, and higher order cognition development. I also um, study how to support teachers um, to support their uh, children's uh, reading and writing development. I have a, a theoretical model called the DIEW. It's D-I-E-W. It stands for um, Direct and Indirect Effect Model of Writing. So this model has both the reading pieces and writing pieces together because reading and writing draw on essentially the same skills and knowledge. So let me go over the pieces. So when I present this, I present this in a building structure. Um, there's a reason why. It's because at the very top, we have reading comprehension and written composition. And these are skills that are on the roof because these are higher order skills. When it comes to reading and writing, there are different pieces. Like there's word reading, there's reading fluency, there are also reading comprehension. When it comes to writing, there's writing, uh, written composition, there's writing uh, fluency, and there's a spelling and handwriting. There are different aspects of reading and writing, but there are also uh, their requirements or skills and knowledge they draw on are different. So at the very high level are reading comprehension and written composition. There's a higher order skills. Therefore, they are placed at the top or roof. Now, the piece that connects from the pillars to the roof is uh, text writing fluency and text reading fluency. That's the extent to which you can read and write sentences and ideas uh, fast and accurately. And those people who are familiar with the reading fluency, that's really the idea that's applied to writing. The two pillars that supports the roof uh, include lexical literacy and then discourse oral language. So lexical literacy, when you think about the word lexical or lexicon, that means word level skills. So that includes word reading and spelling skills. And for writing, uh, handwriting and keyboarding are necessary, but it's not necessary for reading comprehension, but it's also there at, as part of the lexical literacy skill. That's one pillar. 
The other pillar is oral discourse skill. In the context of writing, oral discourse um, skill includes oral composition. So oral composition is your composition or you're saying something, you're producing a paragraph, for example, a story in oral language context. Oral discourse in the context of reading is listening comprehension. You listen to stories, you listen to oral informational text, and you're comprehended. So again, to go back, there are two pillars, right? One is lexical literacy on site. The other one is oral discourse. So those are pillars because pillars are supporting the structure. So if you think about one of them not being there, the, the structure does not stand. So if you think about reading comprehension, say you're very good at word reading, but if you don't have listening comprehension, you're not going to have reading comprehension, right? Uh, the same applies to writing. So you have good spelling skills, and also you have oral discourse or oral, oral composition skill. But if you don't, um, let me start over. Say you have a good spelling skill. Uh, but if you don't have a good oral composition, of course, then written composition is not going to be there because the structure does not um, hold. The other way is true. If you are very good at um, oral composition, say you can tell very coherent, interesting stories, or you can produce uh, good opinion pieces in oral language, right? But then if you don't know how to uh, spell or write, you know, handwrite or keyboard, then there's no written composition. So that's why those two pieces are the pillars. So then the next question is what supports uh, word reading and spelling? Those are uh, what's the categories of skill that support those are called immersion literacy skills or reading precursors. And they include uh, knowledge and awareness of phonology and orthography and morphology. So phonology is really, if you think about phonological awareness, that's it. Your understanding of syllables, onsets and rhymes and phonemes. Orthography is your knowledge of knowing letters, their shapes, their names and sounds, as well as some specific uh, letter patterns that go together like, you know, digraphs, trigraphs and letter patterns allowed in English. Morphology is your understanding of morphemes and the associations with uh, uh, letter patterns. So all these three pieces are necessary for developing word reading and spelling. In other words, children who have advanced phonological awareness, orthographic awareness, and morphological awareness do well in word reading and spelling. If students struggle with any of them, they were, their word reading and spelling are likely to suffer. So that's the lexical literacy side of it. Now, oral discourse side of it, what are skills that contribute to that? It's actually a little bit more complex um, than the lexical literacy side. Um, there are two pieces there. One piece is what I call higher order cognition and regulation. So higher order cognition is your higher order thinking or critical thinking skills. So it includes your ability to infer information. So when you read or when you listen to stories, not all the information is presented to you, right? A, a lot of information is missing. So for example, say I enter a room and I, the window is open, I say it's cold. And the listener, if you, the listener infers well, will close the window. 
I did not say that. Would you please uh, close the window? But you inferred that information. A lot of those things happen in passages, right? Stories or uh, informational text. So you have to infer information. That's high order skill. Another one is perspective taking. People have different thoughts and views. And once not every uh, children develops that skill, like high level of skill, it develops in sequence. When children are about four and five, they have an understanding that people have an understanding and views that's different mind, different than the child's own. But then, and then the children develop, they think that, okay, I understand that person A thinks that, uh, person A thinks about person B. That's more in a kind of a higher order, right? Not only understanding person A's thinking, but also person A's thinking of person B. That's perspective taking. That's high level. And they are actually uh, are important for your comprehension of oral text or reading uh, written text, such as reading comprehension, as well as producing very coherent uh, written text. That's reading uh, written composition. Um, other skills such as reasoning, general reasoning skills or problem skills are important for reading comprehension and uh, or discourse skills and the written composition. Uh, also, your monitoring, uh, your own monitoring of your comprehension. So when I listen to story, does it make sense, right? Or when I produce something, am I making sense, <laughs> right? So that's your monitoring. Uh, or other uh, regulations include setting goals. So in this podcast, my goal is to present information in a clear manner, right? That's my goal. When you read something, my understanding is um, to develop deep understanding if the ta- task is for learning. If the task is for kind of to kind of spend time, I don't have to really have high standards that I'm going to read, you know, every single words and very carefully have deep understanding, right? So you, ha- you set different goals depending on the task. Uh, your self-assessment in terms of how am I doing, if I am not comprehending or if I'm not producing something coherent, then, then what repair strategies am I going to take? Right. So those are high-order cognition and regulation. Now, supporting that is what I call foundational oral language skills, such as vocabulary and your sentence structure, knowledge, or syntactic skills. Um, it's... Uh, Supporting higher order thinking skills as well as oral discourse and reading comprehension and written composition because um, we think using language, right? So when you um, are faced with some problem solving, you know, you need to actually comprehend. For, the, for you to comprehend, you need to have vocabulary knowledge and sentence skills, right? So for you to actually uh, execute higher order uh, thinking skills, you actually need oral language skills. So that's what vo- vocabulary and foundation language skills are right below higher order, um, higher order cognition and regulation. So that's all the pieces that support oral discourse skills. Now, at the very foundation of all these pieces include what I call domain general cognition or executive function. The reason why I use these ter- both terms is because the term executive function is used differently depending on subfields. Sometimes in some fields, it's used to refer to really inhibitory control and attentional control. Some other fields, it includes working memory and shifting and etc. So the reason why I call this domain general cognitive skills is because it's 
it applies to all sorts of learning. It applies to it's important for reading development. It's important for uh, writing development. It's important for uh, math development, development of science knowledge and everything. So that's domain general cognitions and executive functions. Some other pieces, um, there are two more pieces that contribute to reading comprehension and written composition. One is content knowledge, world knowledge, and domain uh, uh, discourse knowledge. So people call it generally uh, background knowledge. So, you know, when you read something or when you listen to something, your knowledge of the tech, right, the background knowledge uh, required that helps you, right? So if I, I think my general reading skills or listening skills are good, but if I hear or if I read something related to, say, physics or chemistry, my understanding comprehension will be very low. Or if I'm asked to write about something related to physics, I will not likely to produce something very coherent or rich, right? Because I don't have content knowledge. Discourse knowledge includes your knowledge of different genres, genre text structure, and your ability to execute, you know, different writing strategies during different writing processes. So that's one piece that also contributes to the oral discourse and reading comprehension and written composition. The other piece that's there is what I call social emotions or social emotional aspects. They, they include attitudes towards reading and writing, your self-concept and self-confidence and the self-efficacy towards reading and writing, um, and motivation, for example. And they develop together with your um, word reading skill and text reading skill and text writing skill, your written composition skill and reading compre comprehension skills. It's interesting because when you speak to the executive functioning, and the background knowledge mm. and where it's positioned as far as the hierarchy mm. that speaks volumes right like because mm -hmm. if you miss that mm -hmm. you may miss a lifelong like love affair with reading absolutely so it's again it's as i said it's foundational for all types of learning right so um i want to actually note that some people include as part of executive function they include the regulation as well I separated those out. I think regulation is a little higher order than just kind of foundational inhibitory control, like, you know, um, kind of uh, staying focused, like, you know, not be distracted on this, whatever, you know, it gets into, I don't know, the attention, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, but I think self-regulation is a little higher order. You actually are cognitively, very actively monitoring about what you're doing and really setting goals and, you know, really regulating your own behavior, right? So that's, I think, a somewhat different. Yeah. And I think that that's a higher order. Uh, but anyways... Yes. Can you talk to mm -hmm. us a little bit about the research that was conducted mm -hmm. in order to develop your theory? How did you come to really visualize this mm -hmm. model, this structure of how those two are integrated, reading and writing? The theoretical model is called the TUD, direct and indirect effect model of writing. That's actually a model of writing, and part of that writing model includes reading. Um, I also have another model called interactive dynamic literacy model that actually specifies, it's essentially 
identical model, but the focus there really focuses is really on reading writing relations. Because when I talk about do right, the writing model, um, I cannot talk about every single thing. It's just too much. People actually, when it's a manuscript, it's already very long, longer than what people are used to, and people just cannot. They don't have mental space for me to talk about the specifically what it means to have reading writing relations, right? So I call it differently, but essentially the content is not very different. But anyways, your question about how it came to be is really an amalgamation of experiences and different lines of work. So I had a fortune of really not only looking into reading development, also writing development. And then also I had the fortune of working with the pre-service teachers. So what that meant was I, I, you know, was able to talk about and think about reading development and skills and knowledge that are necessary. And then think about really carefully about the pieces and knowledge that contribute to writing development. I noticed large overlap. But then typically in the field of research, pick people focus on one thing, <laughs> either reading or writing. Even within reading, they focus on even smaller piece and they go deep, right? The same thing with the writing. And that's totally fine. And we need that for deep understanding of reading and writing. But the downside or risk of doing that is you actually lose the big picture about how reading and writing are related. And so I just was fortunate to take a step was able to take a step back. Oh, in reading courses, I talk about this. In writing, I talk about this. I talk about things very similar. There are differences. There are unique aspects of reading and writing, and they have to. We have to acknowledge it. But there are overall really large overlap. Um, so that's kind of when I recognize that. Okay, we can put these things together. Wow, Sarah, Dr. Kim provides so many great insights on the science of writing. I hope our listeners were taking notes. At this point, we're going to pause and we'll pick up the rest of your interview with Dr. Kim in part two. So listeners, stay tuned. Thanks for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks, Walter. Really looking forward to continuing our Science of Reading in Action podcast series. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Sarah Von Heel and Dr. Young-Suk Kim for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. The Science of Reading in Action podcast series is presented by Savvis Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. To learn more, visit savvis.com forward slash science of reading today. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savvis Learning.